Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Almost Founders Podcast, the practical podcast for young learners interested in the world of entrepreneurship. Today we are honored to be talking to Dr. Bali Zhao, Managing Director and Founder of Olsi Technologies, the industry-leading manufacturers of commercial displays and digital signage solutions. This episode is proudly brought to you by Peking University HSBC Business School. Choosing where to study can be complex and overwhelming. For more than 120 years, Peking University has been recognized internationally as one of the leading universities in the world. So if you're looking to study at one of the most elite universities in one of the fastest growing economies in the world, then you have to go visit their website through the link we left on our episode description. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Almost Founders podcast. With me today is Dr. Bali Zhao, founder of Olsi Technologies, mentor at the Oxford University Center for Innovation. He also holds a PhD in speech recognition from Nottingham Trent and an executive MBA from Oxford. It's great to have you here, Dr. Zhao. Could you please tell us a bit about yourself and Olsi Technologies? Uh, hi, Karash. Uh, nice to meet everybody in here. And as I said, my name is Bali, and I'm Chinese first one, so uh, please be bear with my Chinglish for the next few minutes. And hopefully you can understand. And uh, yes, I'm the founder and the manager director of Aussie Technologies, and we are the manufacturer of the we call them digital advertising display. Basically, the, the digital display you see in McDonald's or you see in shopping center. That's kind of products uh, we provide to the market. So yes, uh, the company has been running for 13 years, and we are one of the main leader of the in the market, and being very successful. I would say that. That's great. Uh, in one of our previous talks, you had mentioned that at the very beginning of all technologies, you had seen the potential of the back then state-of-the-art technology, and were actively looking to add value to the technology. Could you elaborate on that, please? Oh yes, and uh, first one, this is a very good question. I would say that. Uh, adding value to the existing technology, I think this question for the, all, all the SMEs and startups, you really do need to think about this question. As we all know, the SMEs and startups, normally they don't have enough fund and they lack of talent to develop some breakthrough technology or new innovation. So by adding value to the existing technology, it gives you a quick method to make profit, I would say that. So let us explain what's real meaning of adding value to the existing technology. To answer that question, we need to think from customer's perspective. So think from customer point, okay, here's technology. If you can make them cheaper or make me easily access, that means you're adding value. Okay, I'll give you an example on that. For example, our company. So we started 13 years ago. On that time, LCD display technology just come out. So that is the technology. We didn't invent LCD. That's the existing technology. But on that time, if you just imagine yourself, you are a shop owner. You want to have this flat screen in your shop to display some AdWords. This is what you want to do. What you need to do that is you need to buy TV or display, and you need to have software to manage your content. And then you need to have a, a computer property run this software. So it become a quite complex system. And then just remember, you don't have enough money. 
So that will stop you to use this new technology. So what we did in here is we just integrate them together. So we put the LCD panel with really, really budget computer and then very simple software allowed to plug play to use the technology. So at end, so what value we add to the customer is the whole cost is cheap. They can use that very, very easily, even without IT person. So that means adding value to this technology. Yes, perfect. So um, the LCD technology was available and uh, it is still available everywhere. We have it in our TVs. And what you saw back then is that this doesn't need all of the functionalities of a TV, right? I just want to put it in a store and this could show great advertisements. At, it will be at a lower cost than what you would usually pay if you wanted to buy an LCD screen for your TV. You took the technology that was available, you saw the market need for it, and you went for it. Now, adding value in the sense of creating new value on top of currently existing models is entrepreneurship within itself. So every entrepreneur creates value at the end of the day. Your method is a way of coming up with an idea as many of our listeners are in their idea or pre-idea stages, it would be quite interesting to dive deeper into your thinking process back then. How did you connect these seemingly unrelated pieces of information to each other, the new technology and the possible need for this in marketing, in in-store marketing? Okay, very good. So what we do is, I think, you are, if you are an entrepreneur or you are a product manager, you always need to get used to the thinking of that. It's how do I make existing product better? Okay, by adding technology, it's always it's quite a popular way to do that. So give you some competitive advantage. That's always you, you need to get used to thinking that way. So what we're doing here is you need to really observe the, the environment to find out what's new technology and this product, what needs to be improved. So we need to find the existing product, what's the problem on there? And then we think about how to improve that. That sounds simple or sounds a little bit blur. i give you an example. Here's a quite classic example. It's my friend. And he started the, the company about two years ago. His idea exactly is what you just asked. What he wants to do is he wants to do like household items, quite normal household items, but he wants to add the technology and give them more value. That's what he wants to do. And uh, his first product is table lamp. Oh my God. When he tell me that, I was thinking, come on, table lamp. This existed for 100 years. What are you going to do with that? And then he think, his approach, first one, he looked at table lamp. Come on, yes, there it's so hard. It's just a lamp with a switch. Of course, you can change a bit by design, but you, nothing very much you can do that. Then what he did in here very smartly, what he did is he stand back, not only look this table lamp. He look how the, pe how the people or how the user use the environment. He, he end this whole scenario. So what he found is, okay, evening, we see our bed, beside our bed, there's like, uh, uh, normally you have a, a bed set table, it's very small. On top of that is your table lamp. Normally what you do is you also have the uh, like phone charger next to you. Sometimes you, you use the table lamp to read book or sometimes you play your mobile phones. So ideas comes, so simple. What he did is he just integrate a wireless charger to this table lamp. On the table lamp, he also put a small holder on that. So which become very useful product. 
So on the evening, just think about it. You, after you read the book, probably you check your mobile. Next thing you're going to do is you charge your mobile. So what you do, you just put this mobile under this table lamp, automatically charged. And of course, you can use this table lamp, the holder, to watch some drama. So that is very, very small change, but that is added value. And the good news yesterday, I just talked with him, uh, two years run, after two years running, yesterday is one of the biggest shopping day in China. Uh, yesterday, his items sold 500% increase compared to last year. So wow, that's amazing. So that, how do you think? How do you approach? Okay, I understand that. So the, the way you have explained it and the way it goes into my head is that your friend didn't necessarily have much information about chargers or about table lamps, but rather he knew to step back and look at it in the form of a consumer. So then he gained the knowledge about convenience, which then allowed him to connect all of these dots together. So as I did a bunch of research on pattern recognition in your head, as in connecting dots to each other that have no real meaning with each other, I figured out that you have to be experienced in one of these dots that you're thinking about. So for example, personally, I love education. Everything that I do, everything entrepreneurial related to me is education. So whenever I come up with a new piece of information, I immediately relate it to education. So I would like to see this from your standpoint. When you came up with all C technologies, where was your area of expertise? Was it more in the tech side or was it more in the consumer understanding side in terms of marketing? Okay, very good one. Uh, myself, my background, I was a tech, uh, technical guy. I was a programmer. So first one is you have to have some real experience that will always help you because you are already working in that industry. You more or less understanding the technology, understanding the problem with that, with that field. So experience, I agree with you, is most important. The second bit, which is most important, is interest. You must have the interest. If you don't have interest, you're not able to come with come out with any product. And then always, this is quite important, it's you really need to able to discover the problem. What that means is doesn't matter what you, you want to do, you always need to think you're going to resolve problem for the customer. You need to discover that first. And then once if you resolve the problem, and you will be able to come with a good product. And after you come with the product, the marketing bit, that's the easy bit. Of course, that's big work. I'm not saying that's small work, that's big work. That's, but that's the later on stage to market your product. But initially, it's you really need to have that desire to resolve the real problem for the customer. Okay, of course. So um, I, I mostly speak to student entrepreneurs, right? University student entrepreneurs and our level of expertise doesn't surpass really the course that we do. So um, the psychology student is probably going to know the most about psychology. That's their field of expertise, yet it's not a huge field of expertise. So when you don't know as much about the field like you had uh, back then with all C technologies, I think one of the most important things to think about is that if I don't have this area of expertise, then probably the connections and the uh, products that I come up with are not going to be amazing. So the next step would be to eliminate bad ideas as fast as possible. So when you came up with all C technologies, how, or in general, I mean, all C technologies worked out in the end, but in general, what do you think is the best approach to immediately find out if your idea does not make sense and you should not pursue it and not spend any mental calories on it? Okay, this is uh, probably similar with the other question we just discussed. Most key point in here is, are we really, really resolved 
the customer's pain point. I call them pain points. It really resolve the problem. If not, just don't do it. For example, like uh, uh, we always in here, we have the word gimmick. You know, the, there's a lot of products which is full of gimmick. And uh, I remember eight years ago, which is uh, I just moved this house at what I want to buy a TV. On that time, the 3D TV is a very big thing. But come on, for me, that's really, really, it's not something like a value added. It's just gimmick. Just imagine that. You really, on the evening, you want to put 3D glasses to watch the TV. And are there has three, enough 3D content? No, we don't have. Even now, we don't have. So by adding that 3D technology to a normal TV, that's gimmick for, for me. So you don't want to do that. It's piece on you. When you're a startup, you don't want to do that, of course. For these big TV factories, they can afford to do that. But for you, you, you don't want. Basically, you ask yourself, am I really without the problem for my customer? And uh, there's another one, which is to give you an example. is uh, another startup. Uh, these guys come with, uh, we call them smart suitcase. So suitcase, we use that. And uh, yeah, and we go to airport, we travel, we use it quite a lot. And then he come with this idea and said, okay, I want to make them smarter. So what he did is he put a battery uh, to help the suitcase automatically move. Of course, he put some uh, facial recognition, make them AI, you know, all these things. Okay, we ask ourselves, have we resolved problem? You may argue that, yes, we resolved problem because on our airport, you know, I don't want to take this heavy luggage. I want that has some electric things follow with me. In here, it's very, you need to be very careful. Yes, you probably resolve one pain point for the customer. But what you need to do is you don't want to introduce more pain points because resolve this one. He added the battery, gave them automatically driving without problem, that's good. But the problem is, customer, when you use that, you get more headache. What headache comes is, we all know that. When you go to the airplane, uh, quite a lot of airlines don't want you to put a battery onto the plane. That's the first one. Maybe they are not allowed to put it. Second one, probably you will think about like battery is quite heavy. So quite a lot of times you want to reduce your, the weight of your luggage, but the battery take big weight. And third thing is because you put an AI, the suitcase can follow with you, but it also has risk to probably hurting others or maybe get lost really. So you don't want to bring this house, house with you when you're traveling. So that is for me, it's kind of like gimmick as well. So you don't want to do that. But actually, I just want to come back to the point you just mentioned. You said uh, like a lot of young entrepreneurs, you know, they study the technology or other which don't have much experience where their idea come from. Actually, this is a really good point. I had a lot of experience with these kind of like young entrepreneurs. What I discovered is the good one. They may not study engineering. They didn't uh, work with this big company before, but sometimes they can come with very, very good products, good ideas. How did that happen? It, I found all of them, they have very, very good skill for communicating and networking. So just remember, if you want to buy a product or want to do a startup, it's not only you. This idea never, never be just from one person developed. You need to talk with other person. So, Probably yourself, you are not tech expert, but you can talk with your friends. 
Yeah, of course. Um, having this bit network, uh, network is definitely two-sided in the sense that if you want to validate your idea, you have 100 people to ask immediately. Between those 100 people, there's might going to be 10, 15 people who are actually your target market. And on the other side, again, if you know 100 people, then you know 100 people with different interests. If you talk to them, you'll get to know more about their interests and there's your information that you can connect to each other. Now, I want to take you back 13 years ago when you started Alsi Technologies. Was this idea the very first idea you came up with when you were like, okay, let's start a company on that? Or were you also one of the young entrepreneurs who come up with a new idea every day? Okay, uh, very good one. What we did is uh, earlier I mentioned that you need to really have the interest to observe the environment. So how did that happen to me is I watched the TV. On that time, Sony just launched their flat TV. That's the first one in the world. It's 32 inch. They sell very expensive called the Bravo TV. Uh, I think the brand called Bravo is from Sony. Okay, I saw that beautiful product on there. Wow, I think that's amazing. I want to have one because they are so flat. Before that was so deep. So that technology on there. And also, I see on that time, we call them small digital photo frame. It started getting popular. Very, very small size, which is you can put on your desk to display your digital photos. So I just think, okay, this great technology in here, I'm sure some retailers or shop owners, they won't have this kind of product in their shop to display their AdWord. So that's how I think, okay, why don't we develop something like that? So yeah, it comes uh, with our first product based on that uh, uh, thing I want to go to the very little part that you mentioned here, not necessarily the idea itself or you just being uh, there with the information, but you in your head being constantly open to thinking about new ideas. Do you think that is something normal? I, I don't necessarily see that with people who are not entrepreneurs. They're not actively looking for data points to connect to each other. Can you think of any time in your life where you were maybe trained towards that direction, where you kept an open mind, always not actively, or, but passively taking information and trying to come up with new ideas and opportunities for that? Uh, I think probably I agree with you that. This is uh, probably from very young age, I would say that. Uh, like I always interest about mathematics, that leads me to study computing because computing world is changing so quick. So you have to follow what's happening. So you always observe. Doesn't matter even I just like uh, read some books or read magazines or play computer games, always in my mind. That is kind of like become a habit. Of course, later on, I also had a desire to become entrepreneur. So I, I need the idea as well. So this is correlated. Basically, it's from the yeah, it's a habit. It's a habit for me, probably. Yeah. Okay, what do you think is the best way to learn this habit as someone who might not be as observant? Because teaching yourself to be open to opportunities is probably the first step to getting opportunities, actually. Mm. Uh, for me, it's the uh, most important part is you need to like to communicate with others, to show the interest of other people's ideas. So just remember us, yourself, your brain normally just work on your own pattern. So what you do, if you communicate with others, other people always have some interesting things. And then when, the, when some interesting come, come out, and you need to question that and grab that opportunity. 
So that's for me, anyway, that's always I'm, I'm doing. That's perfect. To summarize everything we've just talked about and bring it back to a practical standpoint that people can use, innovation and entrepreneurship is not necessarily you always coming up with something brand new. Innovation within itself is always a sophistication of current products or current processes. And one of the best ways to do that is to take these pieces of information that are around you everywhere and try to add value to them and try to connect them to each other. This is not something that you're born with necessarily. This is something that you can learn. And that is one of your first steps to coming up with an idea for your business. This was the seventh episode of the Almost Founders podcast. Thank you so much to Dr. Bali Zhao for participating. And thank you to the sponsor's episode, the Peking University HSBC Business School. If you want to become a member of our community of entrepreneurs and ask questions directly to our next guest, you can sign up through our website at almostfounders.com. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next episode.